right, we are live here on Birds 365, your Eagles recap on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. You got the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald. I just sent out the tweet, John, that said uh, we'll be talking about a big Eagles day today because they got two very big players that they're banking on for big contributions next year. Big night for Howie Roseman, and you were down there for it. What was the excitement level like? Uh, amongst you media guys, you're not allowed to cheer. You're not allowed. Yeah, to we're not. We, we're, we we don't get too excited. But I will put it this way, Jody. I, you know, I it, it, this this was after the fact, so I'm going to tell you a quick story. I should have known what was up. I I get to the Novacare complex at about six thirty ish, and I'm you know getting to my cubicle. I'm getting set up, saying hello to everybody, and around comes. Around the corner with a big hello comes Peter King. And I should have known as soon as I, you know, said to her lows, I said, well, what are you doing here, Peter? You know, can choose anywhere he wants to go, obviously. Uh, 31 other teams. We know how many teams had multiple first-round picks. The Jets and the Giants had two in the top ten. You had... Super Bowl contenders later in the draft, like the Packers and the Chiefs, they had two first round picks and he chose to come to Philadelphia. So I didn't get to see him after, but I, I wanted to ask him and I was going to say, did, did, did you get a heads up that there was going to be some fireworks? Because uh, I think he got a heads up. There was going to be some fireworks. You think so? You think yeah. they're tipping their hand to Peter King, huh? I do. I think there was, and I should have known at the time, maybe a little bit Oliver Stone-ish, but I thought it was strange. Said, hey, we're not ready, right, Jody? We're not ready. Why is Peter King showing up? Um, so Peter was there and, and then, they make the targeted trade up, which I'm very happy with because that's what I predicted on Sports Illustrated, right to number 13. I uh, oh, get ahead and, of Baltimore. And here on Birds 365, yeah. I said, give me one guy you think the Eagles will come away from in tomorrow night's draft with us or uh, later tonight's draft where we said it yesterday. And that's exactly where you went, moving up basically number 13. You thought it might yeah. have been 11 or 12 or whatever, but they, they were able to do it. Uh, with only needing to leapfrog the Ravens by one. But you said Jordan Davis, and he was the Philadelphia Eagles selection. Yeah, and uh, so I saw that one coming. Uh, I did not see A.J. Brown coming. That that one, you know, Howie was, was playing us a little bit. Last time we got to talk to Howie, <clears throat> he went on this big diatribe about the wide receiver market and said, well, you know, we don't want to be like everybody else. In other words, you know, trying to lay out the groundwork, like we're not going to pay these guys $25 million. And then he goes pay the, and he pays the guy $25 million. So huge upgrade. I mean, there's no question there. And and then we'll, we're going to have plenty of time to talk in the coming weeks and, and things like that about the fit and, and, you know, what the Eagles have to do to take advantage of this particular player. Um, but you know, the coaching staff has to be very happy today. And Philadelphia's not going to like this, but I'm going to say it early in the show and get the hate out of the way very, very early. You guys got a pretty good general manager. How he, how he plays the draft day game. I've been saying this before Birds 365 ever existed on, on WIP or CBS. That's uh, If you had to list all the traits – of a general manager, and you and I have discussed this, 
people think that the only thing that you draft uh, you, you judge a general manager on is the draft. No, it's a massive job. It intakes a lot of different responsibilities, a lot of things you have to do. But one of them, and it's a key one, is draft day maneuvering. And Howie Roseman is one of the best in the business. He's like top two or three, if not sitting at the very top of the entire list of all the general managers in the league. He plays the Monty Hall, let's make a deal, draft day game, as well as any other GM in the entire league. Yeah, he, he really does. You never talk about valuation. Um, you know, you go down to the very end of the draft. We talked about the Saints. I mean, let's start with the Saints. I mean, they they make the trade with the Eagles. You're scratching your head. Uh, and then they trade up on draft night and they take Chris Alave. You're still scratching your head. You don't you don't you don't know what's going on with the New Orleans Saints or what they're trying. <clears throat> excuse me, trying to accomplish. I look at a rookie GM like uh, Quasi Adopa Mensah, who, you know, I want to get, I, I hope does very well, but he's a Cherry Hill guy, local guy, but whew, he went down 20 picks, 20 picks, Jody, to go up 14 in the second round, essentially for a third round pick. I mean, that's, that's disaster level territory. If you look at Jimmy Johnson's trade chart, I know because he's an analytics darling. One of our friends, Brad Spielberger, you know, tries to frame it like it's a smart decision. No, it's not a smart decision. And he picked a safety. And oh, by the way, Kyle Hamilton was on the board at at, uh, 12, where I believe they were picking. So there are these GMs, and there's just two examples. They don't know what the heck they're doing when it comes to valuation of the board. We always talk about valuation versus evaluation. Howie always gets the first part of that right. Doesn't always get the second part of that right. And that encompasses, obviously, the personnel department, Andy Weidel. And we'll see. I think Jordan Davis has got a chance to be a really good player. And you could see the one thing Nick Sirianni said about A.J. Brown. No, no, predi- no projection is the term he used. No projection. You know what he is. And that's what we've been talking about this entire offseason, Jody. You need a wide receiver, but you need a veteran wide receiver, a guy who's done it before, a guy you can count on, a guy you can lean on. Well, they were able to get that. They had to spend a lot of money to do it. Um, but, I mean, from a just from a player standpoint, the Eagles got a lot a lot better on both sides of the football yesterday in the right. first one round. on each side, one offense, one defense, which is a nice balance. Uh, one projection guy, one given guy as a wide receiver, but I do want to get to the whole given thing on AJ Brown in just a second. Um, so again, how he did a great job of balancing one's a future guy. Yeah. How much is Davis going to contribute this year with Hargrave and Fletcher Cox in front of him? He's going to be part of a rotation. Can he become a three-down guy somewhere down the road for the Eagles? I think we saw a little evidence of that, the fact that he was able to drop 20 pounds before the combine and go out and blow everybody away with his athleticism. So that's trending in the right direction. Um, but let's go A.J. Brown first. Uh, you mentioned that he's he's no projection. It's a given. Yes and no. He's actually gone backwards in his three years in the National Football League. This, his third year, was his least productive year. Had an injury, 
cost him a handful of games. So he knew the numbers were going to come down, but they came down pretty precipitously. Um, he he had better years year one and year two in the league than year number three. I think when you have to judge him, and I'm going to ask you to judge him in a second, you have to judge on all three. You can't just look at last year. You can't just look at his best year, which you could argue was either his first or second year. No, it's a combination of all the three when you're judging A.J. Brown. And I, I when Suze made the deal, I started to think about this in my mind. I want you to do the same. A.J. Brown's not a top 10 receiver in the league, is he? No, no. And I, I've said that pretty consistently. I, I don't think DK Metcalf is a top 10 receiver in the league. I think people get enamored with big names and you start doing the math. And I said, who started this uh, boom at the wide receiver position? Um, it was Devontae Adams. It was Tyreek Hill. It was Stephon Diggs. It was sort of boom, boom, boom. You're not those guys. Those guys are, those guys are in that top 10 you're talking about. Um, and, and I would say he's the next tier and, and I put DK Metcalf in that category as well. Um, uh, Terry McLaurin in that category, um, uh, Debo's a little bit different cause he's so unique and we know all the problems there and, you know, does he want to be Debo? Does he want to just be receiver? So there's some issues with him. So no, I don't think this second group, this second wave is worthy of getting paid what that first wave is. But, you know, that's how this works. And we see it all the time. Most notably, people see it at the quarterback position. For years, it's kind of corrected itself now because the the really superstar quarterbacks have gotten up to their contracts and forced uh, forced their way to making the most money. But for years, I remember Derek Carr was the first player to get $25 million on his first, first quarterback. Um, he wasn't the best quarterback. Is it not a certainly not a bad quarterback? I remember when uh, Matthew Stafford set the bar. Uh, again, great quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback now, but certainly wasn't the best quarterback. Kirk Cousins had that title at one point. Again, very good quarterback. Certainly not a a superstar quarterback. Um, so contracts are always about timing and circumstance and. That group of receivers is the next group up for their extension. They're coming off their rookie deals. Uh, They're going to get overpaid a little bit. um, And then we'll see where they develop. The one thing about A.J. Brown, he's very close to Jalen Hurts. We know we saw the, you know, they have the same agent. uh, um, They have, they were working out together. A little foreshadowing as well. Um, He's used to playing in a run-first offense with Tennessee and, and, and Derrick Henry. Um, all of these things are, are, are good, good parts of, of this particular acquisition. So maybe he's not going to complain as much if this is, you know, he's not getting as many targets as he could get in other situations. And I think that offense is, and we say it here about Devonte Smith, it limited him from a number standpoint a little bit. Um, so, Ultimately, if you do become a more high-powered passing offense, and it's pretty clear Nick Sirianni wants to become that, uh, with Jalen Hurts uh, improving, or if not, they're just going to go to somebody else who can do it. Um, So hopefully it works out to the point where the two marry up at some point. But for this particular team, 
he's so much better than what you've had. Uh, I mean, it starts there for me. And you could argue, I think ultimately Devontae Smith is going to be a better receiver than A.J. Brown. That's just my opinion. Um, but right now, you, it's like you have two ones. You know, Quez Watkins can comfortably sit and in, in, in and I have no issue. I have a big issue if he's your second receiver. No issue as a young player getting better as the third receiver. So all the dominoes kind of fall into place. And now you don't have to worry about Jalen Rager. You know, who knows? He might be gone by the end of tonight uh, or by the end of day three. It's pretty clear he's not in the plans. Uh, so maybe it's even August, but I feel pretty comfortable to say that Chandler's not going to be here next year. And it's good. It's good, Jody. They got themselves a – they filled a need, a massive need that we've been talking about out in Phenitum here on Birds 365, veteran wide receiver. Knew there was a chance they were going to take a young wide receiver. You know, I was kind of hoping for Garrett Wilson. He comes off the board as early as they did. The Eagles had no shot at a guy like him. At some point, we'll talk about did they really trade up to get Jordan Davis or did they trade up to get Williams – and they were just a step too late who went to pick right before they took uh, the, and that's something we're never going to get these straight skinny on. I can guarantee you that's never discussed. And even if they did and came out and swore to it, I don't know that I would believe them. It, it, probably they were going for Jordan Davis, but do we know for a fact the way the timing of the announcements came down? We'll never know because the previous pick had not been made yet. Um, I'll just run them down because I jotted them down this morning. As a matter of fact, I'll give you the guys that I think are the top 10 in the league. And I believe Brown is just outside. There's a group. You said you put them in groups. Well, I got a group of 10 that I think is better than A.J. Brown. Then comes the next tier for me. And it's more than even just a nice round number at 10. I, I do think there's a division after 10. And Brown could be 11th. He could be somewhere between 11th and 15th for me. Here are my 10. Tell me if you think that A.J. Brown is better than any of these guys. Cooper Cup. No. Justin Jefferson. No. Debo Samuel. No. Devontae Adams. No. Tyreek Hill. No. Stefan Diggs. No. Mike Evans. No. DeAndre Hopkins. No. Jamar Chase. No. And I got DJ Metcalf, who you said you don't think he's in the top 10. He's my 10th. Now well, he might. I haven't done. I haven't gone through everybody. I, I, I have no problem with that list, and I, and I would put you. You said you had AJ at eleven. I wouldn't mind, you know, if you put AJ at ten and DK at eleven, and I'd have to go go through the depth charts and see who else might be up there. But here, here um, are the other guys that I just jotted down this morning that I think AJ Brown is right there with. You want to put him ahead because you want to be eagerly optimistic? Okay, fine. It's not like you're stretching. It's debatable. Guys who are in that next group of 10, of which A.J. Brown is certainly one of them. Uh, uh, Godwin from Tampa Bay. You start getting into style. So I could, I could, you know, I could, I could, I wouldn't complain if people put him ahead. I'll right. say it that way. Um, Adam Thielen. Uh, older certainly was better, but I think he's been injured past couple of years. Uh, so I'll, I'll give that one to AJ cause he's been banged up. DJ Lockett. No, I'd go AJ there. Okay. Uh, Mike Williams, Chargers. 
Eagles had interest in him very if he close. had a free agent. Very close. I, you know, I think it might get helped by playing with Justin Herbert. I, I probably lean towards AJ. Uh, CD Lamb. I take CD Lamb over okay. AJ. Amari Cooper. Uh, same reason with Thielen. He was better. I don't. I don't think he's better now. I think he's a descending player. So I would put him in the same ceiling. Camp. Right. Uh, McLaurin. Comment McLaurin, I think, is better. McLaurin, I think, is the most underrated receiver in football. Yeah, you're a That's bigger my, McLaurin yeah. fan than I am. Uh, Keenan Allen? Keenan, Salmon, probably was better, but uh, aging player, a lot of tread off the tire. Uh, I, I wouldn't have a problem putting A.J. ahead of him right and now. And a guy that uh, the Eagles uh, definitely made a move on, just didn't get him, was Allen Robinson. Yeah, I've sent AJ, I take over Allen Robinson. Yeah, too many so injuries, I. too many, too many issues. Pretty good list, Jody. Right. Uh, those that's the group that he's with, the second group. I don't think he makes the first group. And for me, that was 10 deep. Could he be the first guy of the second group, which means he's just outside the top 10? Yeah, you can make that argument. Is he two or three into that? So is he like 12 or 13? You can make that argument too. There are a couple guys on the list that I think are close. But I would definitely give the nod to A.J. Brown over them. And you just went through it. And you and I are, are pretty close on uh, all of them. He's a veteran. He's a guy who's proven. He's still young. He came oh, out yeah. real young. He's only 24 years old, even though he's already logged three years in the league. So that's a young player as well. I'm not going to sweat the injuries that he had last year. He's not an injury-prone player. All right, he had a couple injuries and missed a couple of games. That stuff happens. Uh, they filled a definitive need on this team. They had to pay a big price to sign him. And again, I think that's a good sign because, yeah, Howie might have been leading us down a primrose path, but he made it sound like we're not going to be dictated to by others around the National Football League who are setting these standards of contracts positionally. Yay, well, jumped in and said, all right, I'll pay the price of poker. What are you raising? Okay, I'm in. Uh, which is a real good sign yeah. if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan. And so by the we, way, real quick, before we get to the break, Jody, I, I do think the Eagles were targeting Jordan Davis and I, for this reason. And I, and I do think they had the A.J. Brown trade in the machinations, which, again, is good to Howie because he had to juggle these two particular trades. And the reason why is the extension. You can't just pick up your phone when you're on, on, on the clock and say, all right, let's get this done. Let's hammer out four years, $100 million and 57. They've been working on that thing for a while, which how he kind of intimated um, and, and set up. As he talks about, he gets prepared for these types of things. So because of the extension and because of how quickly it came together, I think, you know, let, let's put it this way. He had – if plan A was Jamison Williams – he had the contingency plan locked in. I will say that at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum. And they got the guy that they were targeting and the guy that they wanted. All right. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys. First guest of the day, national and Eagle centric. He's a Philly guy. So he's always talking birds. He fills in for us here on uh, the Jacob media YouTube channel. And you read all his national stuff on CBSSports.com. Our buddy, Jeff Kerr next. I'm Birds 365. 
stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Blocks Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Blocks Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got your Mac and Mac guys, McDonald and McMullen on Birds 365. Day after day one of the draft. And we get to day two of the draft with our next guest. But first thing first, got to review what the Eagles got done last night, which both John and I agree was plenty. We'll see if Jeff Carr says says the same. He's here with us on Birds 365. All right, looking at it through eagle-colored glasses, Jeff Carr. How good was last night's night one of the NFL draft for the Birds? Well, between that and the Sixers blowing out the Raptors by 30 points, I say it was a home run of a night. And Luckily, they got a home run player in A.J. Brown. But I got to tell you guys a funny story about this whole thing. So that's going on. And I wrote a story earlier this week on CBSSports.com about Hurts throwing to A.J. Brown. And I went and contacted a couple people I knew down there, you know, in Nashville. Because I know, like, Brown and Hurts were close. I didn't realize how close they actually were. Like, Hurts was at Brown's draft party when he was picked by the Titans at number 51 three years ago. And Hertz was actually throwing the Brown that same weekend that he was attending Brown's daughter's birthday party. So they were pretty close. And I asked around, I'm like, is there like any, like, can we say if there's going to be any trade speculation in this? They're like, well, I think the Eagles would want to make that happen. I'm like, 
okay. Well, <laughs> so when that trade actually went down, I'm like, after Jameson Williams was picked, because the Eagles made the trade after the Lions traded up, I'm like, I wonder if they're actually trying to get A.J. Brown. Well, they got A.J. Brown, so it all seemed to work out. Yeah, I get, you know, because I heard some of the same stuff, uh, Jeff, when, when Jalen was seen throwing to A.J. and how close they were. But, you know, that's one of the strengths of Jalen Hurts. If you've just gathered players uh, uh, he was close to, you, you couldn't. Uh, whittle it down to 53 everybody likes the guy everybody likes the guy so you still got to go about it from a football perspective and the the surprising part to me was that the eagles went into this wide receiver market that we've talked about in the offseason that has going gone crazy um starting with Devontae adams and then tyree kill saying oh hold on kansas city look what Devontae adams God, I want this, and all of a sudden he's in Miami, step on digs, et cetera, et cetera. And Howie Roseman stood up in front. What do I always say, Jody, when you're in front of the microphone? You aren't under oath. Yeah. He lied to us. He said, we don't want to get involved. We don't want to let other people dictate to us. And all of a sudden, bang, four years, $100 million, $57 million guaranteed for a run-first offense. Now, two things that tells me. They're not going to be a run-first offense for long, so Jalen Hurts better improve or A.J. Brown's going to have to get close to somebody else uh, very, very quickly. Uh, But when you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, you need some targets, Jeff Kerr. Yeah, you do. And I I agree with you, John. Jalen Hurts got to get more accurate. He has to get more accurate, especially on the deep pass, because – I looked up the numbers last night. A.J. Brown, in the Super Bowl era, for players that have 175 or more receptions in their first three years, there aren't many players ahead of A.J. Brown in yards per catch. It's Randy Moss, Jerry Rice. These are the these are the people here. John Jefferson. These are the people that are ahead of him. He is a damn good receiver. A damn good receiver. And Jalen Hurts has to be accurate. Bottom line. The, I love how the Eagles did this because they should have did this for Donovan McNabb when he was going in the year three 20 years ago. This is why the Eagles did not get a Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb because th- that brain trust in there, Joe Banner and Andy Reid said, oh, we're good. We improved with James Thrash and a guy we like in the second round, Todd Pinkston, and we drafted Freddie Mitchell in the first round. This Howie Roseman did not do that. He made his first round mistake with Jalen Riker. He made it up for it with Devonta Smith. Then he said – you know what? I don't think we can get any of these guys on the board. We're talking to Tennessee about A.J. Brown. Let's go get the established veteran and pay him, and let's see what Jalen Hurts is made of. That's why I love the move. As do uh, most Eagle fans, as they should, because how he fainted on us. He, he, he faked this out. We didn't think he was going veteran wide receiver, but sure enough, he got the job done, and he got uh, a top wide receiver at that. But he does have to pay him. So let me ask you about the Eagles cap situation. As we sit here going into the day two, they still need another cornerback, if not two, another safety, if not two. They did not get the edge pass rusher, which we all thought they were going to do. So they got some work to do. Uh, We've been throwing it back and forth for a couple of weeks now. Ooh, could Honey Badger be that guy? Could his price come down just enough to Howie for Howie Rosen be able to say, all right, yeah, I can spend that at safety. When you lay that kind of money out for A.J. Brown, it makes Honey Badger – a little bit of a further away dream, does it not? 
You know, I kind of think the opposite. I think that proves that the Eagles want to win now more than, oh, we want to win three years from now. I think the cap situation is going to be a lot harder, but I think this puts Honey Badger in play. But again, we got to see what they do on uh, day two tonight. You know, you got guys like Jalen Petrie still available. Let's see if they draft the safety. Let's see if they draft the cornerback. They're, they're going to have to fill one of those slots in free agency. And Honey Badger's still there. Tyron Matthew is still there. And I know there's interest in him. I'm pretty sure there's interest in his camp too with, with the Eagles. But again, it's this is what scares me with Honey Badger still being a free agent. I was in on the Chiefs news conference last week, and Brett Veach did not rule out a reunion there. So if you could be with the Chiefs, who he liked, he really didn't want to leave in the first place, it may be tough. So you probably will have to fill those holes in the draft. You gave up a lot of draft picks over last night. Uh, you gave up 101. You gave up 18. And again, you got A.J. Brown, so you can't complain about that. But you gave up a lot to get Jordan Davis. And I, I know the Eagles still have their second and their third round pick, but there's, a, there's still a lot of holes on this team that need to be plugged in. Yeah, it was interesting because um, when they moved up to get Jordan Davis, which I, I projected they'd go up to 13 and give up 101, because if you look at the trade chart, it's probably um, an earlier fourth-round pick that would match up, but the Eagles didn't have that. They were a little bit too late in the fourth round. And I said, well, you got to pay a little bit of a penalty uh, for a player you really like. Turns out how he needed that 101st pick to to swing things with with Tennessee. This guy really is a magician on draft night. He's got two two balls in the air. He's juggling. Um, and Eagles fans aren't going to like this, but I said it to Jody in the opening. I didn't know if you, I don't know if you heard it. The Eagles have a pretty good general manager. Are are Philadelphia fans going to figure that out quickly, or are they ever going to figure it out? I don't know if Philadelphia fans are ever going to figure out anything sometimes. Uh, you know, when the Sixers uh, – I'll go to a basketball thing. When the Sixers are blowing a 3 nothing lead and they weren't, you know, they're everybody's panicking because they played bad in the game five. And I'm thinking to myself, they still got to lose two more games. It's just not going to happen in the NBA. And lo and behold, they blow out Toronto in game six. I just think Philly fans like to overreact. And they just need to sit down, take a breath. Use those Aaron Rodgers words, R-E-L-A-X, and just think critically a little bit. They have a good general manager. They do. He's a top 10 general manager in this league. When I ranked, I put 15 general managers up, and I said, okay, Howie Rosen's probably in the middle. Well, you know, he's not better than this guy. He's not better than this guy. I'm like, I just said he's in the middle, so he's probably seven or eight. I, I, I just don't understand what the context, you know, what context you're trying to make here other than trying to slam Howie Roseman for whatever reason. He's a good general manager. Is he great? No. Is he terrible? Heck no. But he's a good general manager. And good general managers, they don't bluff. And Howie Roseman, I'm going to point this out. Howie Roseman traded two draft picks for A.J. Brown. The Kansas, the, the Miami Dolphins traded five draft picks for Tyree Kill because they panicked. They, they wanted them. A.J. Brown, Tyree Kill, it, look, Tyree Kill's going toward 30. A.J. Brown's not even 25 yet. He turns 25 in June. The best years are coming with A.J. Brown. Tyree Kill, the Dolphins are probably only getting maybe two, three really good years ahead. 
And hopefully the Eagles get more from that out of A.J. Brown, because you're right, he is young. Um, I do want to ask about Jordan Davis. This year, you mentioned uh, you think the Eagles are, with a move like getting A.J. Brown, you're declaring yourself as in for this year. How much are they going to be able to get out of Davis? What do you expect for Davis this first year? You've got your two starting tackles already in place. Everyone in the National Football League, certainly Eagles included, rotate guys at the tackle position. How much is Jordan is Davis going to play for the Eagles? What do you think the expectations uh, realistically should be for him as far as production goes? So as far as production, when I was watching a lot of Jordan Davis stuff, because again, Vic Mullins here in the same thing I you know, if they, if they trade up, it's probably for a guy like Jordan Davis. And so I'm rewatching a couple of Georgia games over the last couple of weeks, and he doesn't play much. He rotates a lot. And when he played in 20, in 2020, I think was the most snaps he got in a season. He was on and off. He was inconsistent. But when he's in a rotation, when he comes in the game, he does make an impact. Even though he's not putting up the numbers, he's excellent in the A-gap. Excellent run stuffer, by the way. But I think what's the big um, attraction with Jordan Davis is besides the physical – I mean, he's an athlete. I'll say that I think Hassan Reddick, Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, those edge rushers are going to produce because of what the Eagles got coming <clears throat> in the middle with Fletcher Cox, with Jordan Davis, with Javon Hargrave. And I, I'm not expecting, like, this monster year from him out of year one, but I do expect their run defense to be significantly better, and I – I think Hassan Reddick and those guys are going to benefit on the edge because you got to account for what's in the middle. I, I mean, if you let Jordan Davis go on touch, he's going to get to the quarterback. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting, Jeff, because I think you, you, you hit his floor and that would be the great run stuffer as a two down guy. That's his floor as a player. Um, and look, he had some conditioning problems at Georgia because he wasn't used to playing a lot. The SEC championship game, probably most notably, because uh, that was the one game Georgia struggled in. And he had to play more than he normally has to play. And he didn't necessarily look great at times because he probably was a little bit tired. It, you know, he he took all the criticism about people asking him, are you a two-down player? I think he took it well. Um, that's why he got in such great shape. And he turned, he's running the four, seven, eights in the pre-draft process, went down to the senior bowl combine. You know, he's this phenomenal athlete. So if that box, if that's light switch went off, um, then the ceiling of this player. But I think when you have the floor is a B2B type run stuffer, that's a pretty good floor. That is a pretty good floor for a player, even though it's a two down player. That's how I, I look at Jordan Davis. Yeah, I agree. And I, I kind of look at it as, and again, it's not a fair comparison because they're different players. But when Eagles are at the Corey Simon number six overall, I remember them saying he was dominant pass rusher, but he's terrible against the run. Well, Corey Simon ended up being a pretty good run, run stopper with Jim Johnson in those years. And if you get Jordan Davis to be a pretty good pass rusher with his run stopping skills, you're going to have yourself a pro bowl defensive tackle in that system, because I think that system is tailor made for Jordan Davis to succeed. Now there's only one issue I had with this whole trade. When I saw Kyle Hamilton at 13, I'm like, I know they're not going to pick him. 
I know they're mm. not going to pick I know. him. I, I knew they weren't going to pick him, so it didn't bother me. But I see why it bothers other people. I will say that. Yeah, and I, I just thought because they needed a safety and he was a game changer. And I'll tell you what, I love that Ravens pick up him, though. Uh, him and Marcus. The Ravens, <laughs> people just give good football players to they, the they really do. And the Ravens. The Ravens wanted Jordan Davis. I mean, I think Calais Campbell was on after. Was like, I thought we were going to get him, and they. So the, the Eagles were right. They had to go up in front of Baltimore, but you know, Baltimore lucks into Kyle Hamilton, whatever you want to call it. Then later in the draft, they get back in and get Tyler Linderbaum, who everybody's down on. And I, I didn't think he should have been a mid-range first pick. Jody knows that, but because I think he's too undersized. But now that Baltimore got him. I know he's going to be a good player. Going to be good on the good. offensive line. Yeah. The Lord doesn't have anybody to throw to anymore, but he's certainly going to be protected. Right. And I was on CBS last night, and I got more Ravens calls than anything else. I guess we were cleared in the Baltimore market last night, got a bunch of Ravens calls. Do you think they get, uh, got enough in return for Hollywood Brown and a third? Get you a first-round pick? Not even a top five, mid to late first round pick. I didn't think that was a great trade. Now I like both players that they got. I love Hamilton. You and I both, John. And Linderbaum, best center in the draft. I don't think the underside is going to be a worry for them. I think they got a good solid player, but not anything that's going to wow anybody. I thought they had a good light night last night, but I didn't like the Hollywood Brown trade. So what makes this really tough for the Ravens is, and I don't know if you heard this football. Do you know Hollywood Brown was at the Cardinals draft party? Like this trade was in the works for a couple days now. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's Hollywood Brown. What's he doing there? He's still a Raven. And then he was asked about, uh, Eric DeCosta was asked about it. And he's like, yeah, we, we had to, you know, I, I appreciate everybody kind of keeping this hush hush. Uh, you know, we had to calm Lamar down. I'm like, oh, great. You know, like, uh, so apparently they, they kind of knew all this and, that this was going down and Lamar Jackson was going to lose his, his buddy and his top receiver. So I don't know what Baltimore's going to do. Maybe now all of a sudden they're in on the deep Samuel suite. So who knows? But yeah, I just don't think they got enough, but Baltimore said Hollywood Brown did not want to be there anymore. He wanted out. So yeah. Kind of like AJ and, Brown. What do you do? Yeah. It's the player empowerment era guys. He is coming off. I, I thought Hollywood Brown was kind of a, a little bit of a disappointment in his first two seasons. And I get, you know, he had a pretty good year last year. So, you know, hopefully it works out for both sides, but just talking from, you know, getting good football players to the Ravens tend to get good football players. Um, and to get Kyle Hamilton and Tyler Linderbaum, probably two of the cleaner prospects, I would say from talking to scouts all the time uh, in the draft, they, they seem very Baltimore centric like picks. And people keep funneling good players. So they'll find a receiver. But, yeah, I mean, Arizona's got to make Kyler happy. Baltimore probably made Lamar a little bit unhappy. There's always, you know, two sides to these these types of trades. No question about that. Yeah, and another thing on the Kyle Hamilton. It's – Kyle Hamilton said last night, I can't wait to start talking to Reed. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you said, it's – they get good players, John. They they do. They just fall into their lap. It's I don't know how Kyle Hamilton fell to number fourteen and God, Eric I think it's it. ridiculous. Eric- I, I I told Jody I look at I was comparing bad GMs, Mickey Loomis, uh, 
a rookie, Kwesi Adopa Mensa went from, uh, he went down 20 spots in the first round, Jeff. Took a safety with Kyle Hamilton still on the board. Could have had Kyle Hamilton at 12 um, to go up. So he goes down 20 spots in the in the first round to go up 14 spots in the second round. And he got an extra third round pick at 66. I mean. It didn't make sense. I'm like, wait, they picked the safety? Yeah. <laughs> I remember I'm still writing up Chiefs stuff at that point, you know. Yeah. He's got Kerfoffis. I'm like, okay, they had an excellent draft. And then I'm like, wait, they just picked a safety? They could have had one at 12. It's Yeah. And by the way, Dax Hill went at 31. Who's a good one? Yeah. Um, and I could almost bet they wanted Dax Hill, and then he panicked and had to take the next best safety at 32. And there's a rookie GM versus a savvy GM uh, like Howie Roseman. There's a perfect example. I do you take Chris Olave over Jameson Williams, by the way. So if we're talking about Mickey Williams, uh, Mickey Loomis, it's unbelievable. From the from the pre-draft trade to what they did on draft night, I mean, he thinks they're the Rams. Evidently, he thinks, "Oh, we're ready. We just got to fit a couple spots." I hope he's aware this team is not good, and that head coach is not good. They might be in for a little shocker. It's he is I... clearly not aware of that. He is clearly not aware of that. If there was a team, I would bet. You got to you got to give the coach a, a chance here. You, you've already written him off before he coaches one game. Twenty four well, in his career, he had his. Yeah, he was a pretty bad head coach the first time, but yeah, I mean, he could maybe learn. You know, we'll give him we'll give him a couple games, but um, overall, yeah, I mean, the Saints, I I I can't figure him out. And they get Trevor Penning, who makes at least a little bit more sense because. You need to start replacing Teron Armstead, but I I don't I I still I can't figure out what he was trying to accomplish in this draft. I, I, do they think Cam Jordan's just going to hit the fountain of youth every single year? I mean, he's still a really good player, but he's also thirty three years old. It's I, I know he's still one of the best edge rushers in the game, but he's thirty three. You got to replace him. By the way, we were talking about this last night. I think Zach Berman and I. One of my favorite draft stories. I got to tell this real quick because it's such a great story. Because you brought up Cam Jordan. Um, he was a first round pick, as you mentioned, great player. So he gets drafted, uh, gets the call, uh, New Orleans Saints, and then I think it was the fifth round. Uh, he gets another call, and the. I, I believe it was Cleveland. I forget. Uh, we're going to draft you. Um, they got the names mixed up. They were drafting Jordan Cameron. Yeah. And they <laughs> called up this. Cam Jordan again. Uh, so he got drafted twice in the same draft. <laughs> Did they put Cameron Jordan on the draft card too? Um, Probably. I don't know that part. But they called him and said, we're going to draft you. And he said, I got drafted in the first round. <laughs> That's a bit of an issue. You got to get your paperwork right. All right, uh, paperwork, Kerr. Who's getting the first paperwork handed in at quarterback in round number two? Only one went in round one. Kenny Pickens, homeboy, staying home in Pittsburgh. All the other quarterbacks still on the board. Is there a run coming today? Is there? Are we really going to see what people think of this 
draft class and have to wait for another quarterback to come off the board. There's a couple teams at the top of the second round who I could theorize or, or should be interested in a quarterback. How big is that position, which we always think is the most important position? It's turned out not to be in this year's draft and good on the NFL. They didn't force feed anything. Is the second round considered force feeding? I don't think so. I think Malik Wills is exactly what he is, a second-round quarterback. I think he's a guy with a lot of potential, but I think there's going to be teams at the top of that second round looking to draft him now that you don't have to give him that first, that fifth-year player option anymore. He's not a first-round pick. He's more of a project. And I I think the Detroit Lions still have their pick. I can't remember. I, they might have no, traded. No, they traded it to go up. Uh, right, they're out. They go up. Yeah, yeah, so they're corner, out. So. Okay. Uh, maybe the Atlanta Falcons could be interested in that. I, they, you know, they still kind of need a quarterback. I know they have a starter, but. I'll tell you where it might start, guys. It's 36 in the New York Giants after yes. the news that, uh, you know, they're not going to pick up the fifth-year option on on uh, Daniel Jones. So he's on, you know, he's on notice. It kills me to say they had a great draft because they did have a great draft. They got Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. Yeah. Well, it's it's a lot easier when you have two picks that high. I mean, that helps. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, and that it's a smart way to build your team because we know from Philadelphia, offensive line, defensive line, they got both. I think uh, Joe Joe Schoen is doing a good job there, but they could be they could be a sneaky quarterback team here at the top of the second round. And then you have the Seahawks. Um, I I think they will take the quarterback. At, I think they're at forty. Um, the Colts, you know, need a developmental guy because Matt Ryan's not getting uh, not getting any younger. And then the Lions are down at 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 44, 45, somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah, they're in the middle now. So. Yeah. Um, so they could they could still get one of the quarterbacks um as well. So I, I do think you're gonna see a run today, Joe. By, by the way, I, I didn't get a lot of Picks right in my mock draft, but I did get Kenny Pickett to Pittsburgh, and I I, I have to. I was buying the Malik Willis hype to Pittsburgh, and I thought he would fall, so I got that one wrong. Yeah, so I was pretty happy that Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback draft in the first round because I think he was the only quarterback worth drafting in the first round, and I think he went exactly where he went. I think that's going to be a good marriage in Pittsburgh. He already was there, you know. He, he's actually going to play in front of fans at Heinz Field now. Let's just say that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the birds with the second round. They got a, a defensive tackle, which I'm not going to call it a luxury pick, but it doesn't fill an immediate need. Fills an overall need because how many years are you going to get out of either Fletcher Cox or Jason Hargrove? There's a chance it's going to be one apiece. So I, I'm not knocking the pick. I'm just saying it doesn't fill an immediate 22 must, uh, 2022 must-have need. They still have that at cornerback. They still have that at safety. I think they need more depth at defensive end and an edge pass rusher, which Johnny Mack, you and I discussed if one of those five pass rushers, all right, take Carl Loftus off the board. If one of those four pass rushers are there, how do they pass? They pass. Jermaine Johnson was still there on the board. They decided to go inside rather than outside. What are they going to do with this second round pick at number 51, Jeff Kerr? Is it going to be just 
the best available player on their board at one of those position and needs? Do they try and maneuver to get a specific guy uh, here in the second round? They've got less draft capital to work with to make the two trades they made last night. They had to give up some depth. So I don't know that you have to go future uh, picks. And I don't know if teams want to do that. Uh, how do you think the Eagles play their pick at 51? I think they're going to have to see how this market plays out. I think they got to hope for this run of quarterbacks to happen so they can go get, you know, maybe uh, there's still a couple safeties I like on the board. There's a couple cornerbacks and, you know, I, I, I don't think they could be starters right away, but I think that they're better than what they have, which again, yeah, I agree with you, Jay. They need secondary help badly. I, I, you know, I'll tell you one candidate I would trade up for, and that's the Kobe D. I don't know how the heck he's in the second round of the draft right now. That was, he could be the first player selected tonight. Um, I, I really feel N'Kobe Dean is going to be an instant impact player in this league for a long time. Of the five defensive players from Georgia that got picked in the first round, I'm shocked he wasn't one. It pains me to say this, but doesn't N'Kobe Dean seem like a Tampa Bay Buccaneer player? Yes, he they does. They got the first pick in the second round, and he seems like their type of a player on defense, which I don't want to see because, you know, I'm a Dean fan like you are, Jeff. Uh, I, there's no way the Eagles will get him. He's off the board before uh, no, they can uh, even move into but, position. Yeah, t- t- I, I'm going to go that the Bucs have too many linebackers, for, but I agree with you, that. Be, but they just don't have a need. I'm going to go corner. That's the problem. I'm going to go corner because it's 33 is Tampa, 34 is now Minnesota, who's desperate for corners. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go Andrew Booth uh, coming off the board right away, and then Kyler Gordon, and then you got to hope if you're Booth's the Eagles. In the round too. I keep forgetting that. It's yeah. For some reason last night I was losing track, and I thought he was picked. Yeah, and he's he. A lot of people had him as a potential first round pick. Uh, I'm among them. You talk about edge rushers, Jody. Boy, a Mafe still out there. He might get to the Eagles' range. Um, and we got to talk about David Ajabo. And then the safeties. If Jalen Petrie comes down or Jaquan Brisker for Penn State. But wouldn't well, there's be- another pass rusher I think will be taken before the Eagles pick. Um, I can never say his last name. And I, I'm a Penn State fan and I graduate from there. Arnold. Uh, I, the did key. Gotcha. Get, we know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. I, I, I never. Yeah, I think he's going to go name. pretty quick, though. Uh, Ebikiti. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to go pretty quick. Probably top five, I would say. I can see Tampa getting him, too, honestly. Like, there's a lot of players that I feel the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can get with this pick. If the if the Buccaneers are not taking the Kobe Dean, because you're right, John, they're pretty good at linebacker. Certainly would be an immediate need. Oh, they're a team that I think could afford to take the Ajabo uh, weight and yeah. not sweat it yeah. at all. Yeah, uh, they could. Yeah. They they like guys coming off the board. They, they didn't re-sign uh, JPP, did they? He's still out there um, on the open market. I, I don't think. think so. They didn't resign him or Indomitian Sue, right? From what I heard, he wants to come back, but they're kind of. I think Tampa wants to bring him back. I, I just think maybe they're waiting at this point. It's I, I still don't know what's going to happen with Gronk. I thought that Gronk twice this offseason. I still don't know what he's doing. Uh, Gronk's going to show up uh, like mid August, so he doesn't have to be bothered with camp. He's going well, he to get a whole pass from Brady to show up two weeks before the season starts, and he'll be back in uh, that Tampa. Well, one of the only uh, negatives 
about what the Eagles did last night was they gave up a ton of picks. So now it has to be far more focused. They have they have two tonight, fifty one and eighty three, and two on day three, one fifty four and two thirty seven. Now, how he joked with Andy Waddell after he said, you know, sorry to the personnel department for giving up all the picks. And then he said, I'll get you back. So I would expect more movement today and, and or day three. They're going to get add more picks and get back in. Um, Jalen Rager could be on the move. Uh, Andre Dillard. Andre Dillard could be on the move. Even Nate Herbig. Now he signed his tender. He could be on the move. Uh, in an offensive line deficient league. So maybe maybe use some players to get some extra picks back. I'm curious. Do you think we could get anything to get Jalen Rager on Birds 365? Do you think people would actually tune in to listen to him? Oh, they would love it. They would love it. I, if Jalen's listening, I'd love to get you on. Um, and, you know, Jalen's actually a really, really good guy. I think people don't realize. I You know, to me, I look at Jalen Rager and – it's more, it, it's more, I don't want to compare him to Ben Simmons, but only in this way, it's more of a mental block than anything else. And I just think he needs a new, um, a, a new, a new start somewhere Ooh, else. Yep. Is, it's no fault of his own that Howie Roseman and, and Doug Pearson picked no, him over no. Justin Jefferson. That is not his fault. No, not at all. But not he's going to get compared to it. So you're right. I think a fresh start would really help him. I, no. I don't think his career's over yet. Well, I, I'm not sure if it is, but we had Brandon Lee Gowton on last week, and I I hated to do it, but I agreed with BLG. There are times where it just seems like Rager's not going 100%. How, how can you be a guy in your second year in the league as a first-round draft pick, as a guy who's not putting up numbers, and not go 100% anytime you're on the field? I, I thought it was very legit. Yeah, I, I and I mentioned that day. I love BLG, you know, Jody, but I, I disagree with him there. I think people mistake uncertainty for not – like he's uncertain. He's always thinking. He's always he, – he's not just playing the game, and that's that mental hump I'm talking about. I mean, the guy's in great shape. He keeps himself in phenomenal shape. He's a great athlete. He's, he's working. Um, I, I don't see that part of it. Uh, I just think he plays with this uncertainty. And if you play with one tick of uncertainty in the NFL, you're you're done on a particular play. Well, and that's sort of where he is. What upset me with the whole Jalen Rager thing over the last two years is I thought he would be more equipped to succeed in this league because his dad was in this league. And his dad was a pretty good player for a long time, Monte. So yeah. I thought he would help him out a lot. And I think he still does, but – Oh, you he does. He's very, he's very, Monte's very involved. Yeah. Very yeah. involved. I, you would, just over the years, you, you think the father son thing would, usually the son does a lot better in the NFL than the father a lot of times. And Monte was a pretty good player for a lot of years. He was. And right, I'll quick. just say this real, real quick, Jody. Monte loves his son, maybe to a degree where it hurts his son, because there's no constructive criticism. I'll say it that way. We've been through that before, Ben Simmons, here in town. <laughs> um, Ricky, if Dillard gets traded, what are the Eagles getting back in return, both of you guys? I think you can get a, a day three pick, maybe a fourth. I think a fourth rounder at this stage. I, I think they might hold out for more. Uh, you know, it would obviously have to be most likely at this point, um, unless you do it in the in the third round. Uh, I think they'd like a third rounder because of the value of the position 
and how many teams have bad offensive tackles. But I think I think they take a four. And then they have all night tonight to negotiate a four with whoever needs one. That's probably more likely. Jeff Carr, good stuff. As always, good to catch up today, bud. Uh, we'll get you up in a week or so again. Thanks for jumping on with us tonight. We'll be reading you on CBS tonight. Anytime, Jody Mack. I'll say this. I think Eagles probably made their biggest trade since they trade for Terrell Owens. Mm. Which Don't one? Too much. I, I, Tia was pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah, he was. But uh, in terms of shock value, this was definitely higher than T.O., but I, I think A.J. Brown can make that T.O. type of impact for this franchise. I really do. Got to give props where props is due. Howie Roseman not only got the deal done, but kept the deal under wraps. John McMullen didn't know. Jeff Curry didn't know. I sure as hell didn't know. Nobody knew. So good on Howie Roseman for not only getting it done, but getting it done without it leaking out, which just doesn't happen in sports anymore these days. Uh, thanks for leaking in with us, Kerr. We'll talk to you again soon, buddy. I'll talk to you guys soon. That is Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com hopping aboard with us here on Birds 365. All right, McDonald, McMullen, come back. We've got Ed Kratz joining us less than 25 minutes from now. I do want to hit on a couple other things in the NFL draft last night. We've done Eagles straight for an hour now. Um, I would call the Eagles one of the big winners of day one of the draft. There were a couple other ones, one of which was, yes, in the Eagles division. But the other two teams in the Eagles division, I don't think did any much of anything at all. We'll come back, go through some overall NFL draft stuff next here on Birds 365. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Can you- Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Block's Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Block's Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mullen and McDonald, your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365, the day after a big day one for the Eagles in the NFL draft. And I put the emphasis on the word big because they have two big players, two big talents, and two just physically big individuals. They got the biggest defensive lineman in the NFL draft, um, taking uh, Jordan to play inside for the Birds coming forward, and a big wide receiver. And I know I've downplayed that this year. Um, I would not have taken Drake London with the number one wide receiver pick last night. That's the way it came off the board, just because he's a big guy. Uh, We'll see if Traylon Burks can replace A.J. Brown in Tennessee. They think that's possible because he's a big guy. No, I don't like that pick, Chetty. I told you the story when I was in uh, with Randy Moss, and when things went wrong with him – the Vikings tried to replace him with Troy Williamson. I get that same kind of vibe. And, and you know, I'm not comparing – Jeff Kerr compared A.J. Brown to T.O. I don't, I'm not going that far. But he's a really good player. I don't, I don't think Traylon Burks I, – I don't think it's going to be the same. Uh, no. And uh, you, understand- you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. San Tennessee's line of thinking. Yeah. Ooh, we can get them for longer and cheaper. Yeah, but then he's got to be as good, and I don't think he's going to be as good. I thought he was one of the more overrated wide receivers uh, from the group of the top five, six, seven that'll be in the draft. I guarantee you there will be wide receivers that will go today in the upcoming second or third round or later who will be better players than Burke. That's just my evaluation of the player. Uh, But the Eagles had a big day and or night last night. The other teams in their division, one kept pace. The other two, I think, dropped behind. Uh, the Giants had the fifth and seventh pick in the draft, so they should have come away with a haul here on day one. Oh, they did. Kayvon Thibodeau falls down to number five. Uh, we'll see if the two guys, Hutchinson and Walker, went ahead of him, turn out to be better players. I don't know that's going to be the case. I believe Thibodeau was the most talented player uh, on the defensive line in this draft from before the year started, even to right up to last night uh, when he was the third edge player taken. I think Giants got the best edge player. 
And I think they also got the best offensive lineman. We'll see if Ickes is good uh, or better than Allen. He went before Allen. I thought Allen was the best offensive lineman. So if you pick it at five and seven and you got arguably the best player, and that's just one man's opinion. Well, not one man. There were some others that ranked them the same as I did. But I had the two players that the Giants got as the number one player at their two positions, edge pass rusher, left tackle. That's two pretty good positions, J-Mac, to get the best player on the board at five and seven. Look, I've always advocated the Eagles' approach of building up front on both sides of the balls. First and foremost, the Giants copied it. Maybe that's the Brandon uh, Brown effect. Who knows? Uh, But at the top of the draft, it is a lot easier, so you factor that in. But, yeah, I mean, Giants hit a home run, uh, you know. All of a sudden, you start to look at uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. They've had trouble at edge rusher for years and years. And now they, they got Aziz Ojolari from last year. You start to think about those two, projecting them. You got Evan Neal, who's a natural left tackle. You can move Andrew Thomas to right tackle. Their offensive line has been a disaster, it seems like, in perpetuity for a decade. All of a sudden, you have two really talented kids at tackle. Well, the Giants can figure out quarterback, Jody. We might uh, not, not not be able to keep looking past the Giants every year. Right, and you mentioned this earlier. I mentioned last night on CBS. Giants are top of the second round, and there was only one quarterback taken. They did fill two big needs in the in interior of their team last night. Uh, I think they've got a couple other needs, but they – and. Well, let, let me make it a question instead of just uh, rolling it out there. Why do you think they announced that they weren't giving Daniel Jones his picking up his fifth year op- option? They don't. Uh, it's not obligatory until next week. I think yeah. it's Tuesday of next week. You got to announce whether you are going to pick it up or not. They did it in advance leading into the draft. What do you think the mindset was behind that? Uh, could have been a clear indication that, uh, they're, they're telling, uh, Daniel Jones, they plan to give him some competition perhaps, uh, in, 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 in the draft. And obviously it was never going to be a five and seven, but as you mentioned, all of a sudden you're sitting there early in the second round and you got four of those top five quarterbacks available. You're going to be able to get one. So it's going to be pretty clear early tonight if, the Giants want um, a safety net and somebody pushing Daniel Jones. And maybe they think that's the way to push Daniel Jones. You know, there's always the hope that he turns the corner and becomes it's same thing here in Philadelphia with Jalen Hurts. You know, he's got one year. Um, Jalen knows he's got one year, different uh, sort of framework. It's not about the option. And with the Giants, it's a first round pick about the option, but, each each quarterback is in the same situation. They pretty much know whether it's overt or not overt that they got 17 games to get another contract with their particular teams. And um, we'll see how it works out for Daniel Jones. I don't have a lot of hope, but uh, it's easier. The more good players you get around a quarterback and – probably the most important, even more important than receivers is his offensive line. He's never had an offensive line. That's fair. If you want to um, make excuses or 
whatever term you want to use, explanations for Daniel Jones not being what the Giants envisioned, it's fair to point out, never had an offensive line, even a mediocre offensive line. Um, so getting that better is is a good start. And they did that with uh, one of those two high first-round picks with the Allen kid from Alabama. Other two teams in the Eagles division, excuse me while I yawn. Uh, <laughs> the commanders decided to trade down. They yeah, have a little a draft capital. They end up getting John Dotson, who I think is an okay slot wide receiver. Do you think we're ever going to be having a conversation about Jahan Dotson being a top 10 wide receiver like we are AJ Brown? Uh, no, I don't. And and they already have Curtis Samuel coming back. Maybe maybe he's not healthy. I don't I don't know. This is one of those where you're in a position to get one of the, you know, receivers. Where did uh, I guess the run started with your Jets at 10 with Wilson right. and then they had a chance to take uh, Chris Olave or Jamison Williams uh, by just staying put. And they said, no, we'll go down. And that's where the Saints came up. And they only went down, what, five spots. But um, all of a sudden, Olave's gone. The Lions trade up ahead of the Eagles. Th- that, And you mentioned that before. The Lions certainly thought the Eagles wanted – well, at the time, you know, they felt they had to get up to get Jamison Williams. Um, and then you had the Eagles moving up and then Baltimore. Uh, yeah, but Jahan Dotson with the commanders, I, I did read one funny. This had to be from a Philly guy. I forgot who it was, but said something like Dotson was used to tracking poorly thrown balls at Penn State, so he should fit in with Carson Wentz. So <laughs> I don't think that's uh, why they took him. But, yeah, that's a, that's a head scratcher for me at that point. Especially what you could have had at 11. Right. You didn't have to trade down and you could have gotten one of the superior wide receivers in this draft. Instead, you get a limited wide receiver in this draft. Made no sense to me whatsoever. Uh, Adding draft capital I get is always a good thing. But when you're dropping off as significantly as you are at the specific position, if they had said, yeah, we need a wide receiver, but in actuality, we need this position more. We're going to add draft capital and get a more highly ranked guy. No, they stayed at wide receiver. After all those wide receivers had come off the board, just didn't make any sense what the commanders did last night. And, yes, uh, snored through the cowboy pick. I told you I was on CBS last night. I got cowboy <laughs> callers, too, going. An offensive line. Really? We went I, offensive- I don't have a problem with that one, Jody. It's a yawner. I'll agree with you there. Uh, nobody's going to get excited. We know. Nobody gets excited about offensive linemen, but – you know, the Cowboys, the strength of their team forever had been that offensive line. And all of a sudden, you know, Lale Collins is gone. Um, Teron Smith isn't what he once was. So I I have no problem with them trying to get that offensive line back to where it once was. And, and Tyler Smith's one of those guys that uh, some people had as a late first-round pick. And he's got a big upside, but he's raw. Typically, that's how it works with guys in the, you know, 24, I think he was 24th, whatever it was, uh, later in the first round. I, I mean, it's not, it's never sexy, but I, I don't have a problem. Like, I have a problem with Washington's thought process. I didn't at least have a problem 
with Dallas's thought process. I will say it that way. And Smith is a guy who played both guard and tackle on the collegiate level. Where do you think he fits in with the Cowboys? I think he's a tackle, ultimately. He's really athletic, um, and he's got the size, and he's got the the length. Uh, he looks like a tackle. And, you know, you could start him off in, on, on the right side um, and do one of those things because Lyle Collins, as I mentioned, is in Cincinnati now. Um, and then who knows how long Teron Smith is going to go at left tackle. And then eventually maybe you flip him over to left tackle. So I did, I do think it was time for them to sort of start to flip over the offensive line. They need young talent. So from that standpoint, I don't have a problem with it. I, I, it's, it's how I would frame it. Fair enough. I thought it was, I, well, no, I thought there was a chance I could go offensive line, but I just didn't know if, uh, if he was the highest ranked player, so be it. I saw some film on him. I think he's good. I don't think he, uh, matches up with the other offensive tackles that went in the first line. Maybe if a guy like Penning had fallen down to him, uh, they wouldn't take him, but they didn't have the chance and they didn't move up. Uh, and I was okay with it because I thought they might go edge pass rusher because they lost Randy Gregory and they left Jermaine Johnson there for my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, yeah. Jets, to jump back into the first round. The winner of last night. Sorry, Eagle fans, because they got three players last night. The Eagles got two. They got A.J. Brown, outstanding. They got uh, Jordan Davis, going to fill a big-time need for this team over the next five years, even if it's not year one. Jets walked away with three starters last night, 4-10, and then jumping back in at 26 to get Jermaine Johnson, who both you and I thought was going somewhere in the teens, right around where the Eagles picked. Shoot, I think you and I have both said the Eagles might have to trade up a couple slots. That two-spot trade-up that they did, I thought might be the ticket a guy like Jermaine Johnson. Oh, no, he goes 13 picks later to the Jets. I think that's a hell of a deal, and I think the Jets had the best night of anybody in the draft. Yeah, I'm mad at my buddy Joe Douglas because I was buying I was buying the hype. They might take him at four. Uh, uh, they like Jermaine Johnson so much. Um and ultimately, he tumbles. I, th- I thought there was no chance he would get to the Eagles at 15, never mind 13. And all of a sudden, he's there at 26, and they get back in the draft. So, yeah, I mean, the Jets got good players. So, obviously, they need talent, and they got three first-round picks. So, part of it, same with the Giants, as we're talking about with the two picks. Uh, and they had two picks in the top 10 as well. And they get Ahmed Gardner and they get Garrett Wilson. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of it is just numbers, but certainly the Jets got a whole heck of a lot better. Uh, and and probably of the three picks, I'm going to hold on to that and say the best one was Johnson for the value. Right. Because I, I would have preferred um, Stingley at corner, but he came off to the Texans. Um, and then... I probably would have taken Thibodeau and and gone. I you you know I thought Jamison Williams was the best receiver in the draft, so I would have taken him at ten. But that's nitpicking. They got good players. I mean, but I love the Johnson pick that late in the draft. I mean, that matches up with value. That that to me is a home run pick, unless there's something wrong with the kid that I don't know about. 
And and that's what every Jet fan who's pessimistic because the history is what the history is, is asking, what's wrong with him? If he fell down that far and we got him, there's got to be something wrong with it. What's wrong with Jermaine Johnson? I don't know that there is anything. Uh, and speaking of strange, how about that Bill Belichick? Yeah, how about there that? at the bottom of the first round going offensive guard from Tennessee Chattanooga. Uh, the name a lot strange. of T.O. mentions it. Tennessee Chattanooga. That's T.O. school. A lot of T.O. mentions it. Mentions today. Um, yeah, Cole Strange now is the highest um, uh, uh, drafted player in the history of Chat Tennessee Chattanooga football. And I don't think he's going to live up to T.O.'s billing, but who knows? Um, I do probably give uh, deference to Bill, Bill Belichick more than any other coach in this league, probably to a point that I shouldn't. Um, but yeah, if Bill wants them, uh, I'm gonna. I talk. I talk about it all the time, Jody. The Patriots have the smallest draft board in the NFL every single year. Every single year, it's gone as low as 75. Um, they only have a, a small group of players they want, um, and they cross off people for every reason under the sun. Uh, so they're not even considering the vast majority of, of players that people think they should have drafted at a particular spot. You could say it's good. You could say it's bad. There's arguments for both. But, hey, I'm, if anybody deserves the deference it's bill belichick but yeah if you're going to force me to say is cole strange going to be a good pick i'm going to have to lean towards no i'm going to have to lean towards no coach belichick gm belichick call him executive belichick call him whatever you want he gets more of a benefit of the doubt than anybody else oh you need the benefit of the doubt to be able to justify cole strange with a first round draft pick i was going back and forth between the nfl network and uh, ESPN, I think both Jeremiah and uh, Mel Kuyper chipped in with, oh, third round at the earliest. So not only was he one round early, he might have been two rounds early to pull the trigger on a guy like Cole Strange, but he is Bill Belichick. If that had been anybody else, uh, it doesn't deserve to be in there. If Howie had done that, oh, my God, they'd run Howie oh, out, of, out oh. of town on a rail here in Philadelphia yeah. if that had been a Howie Roseman pick. Because it's a Belichick pick, he does get a little bit of a uh, benefit of the doubt. All right, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Joining us next is our usual Friday contributor. We like to call him Weekend Kratz, Ed Kratz, game day, coming up here on Birds 365. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Blocks Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Blocks Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Thanks for streaming on in here on Verse 365. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. While you're at it, well, we got a couple of uh, new listeners. We got a big streaming crowd tonight with Beagles doing what they did in the draft last night. Do us a favor. Hit the like button. We need help with our algorithm again. McMullen understands this better than I do. And he doesn't understand it all that well. Yeah, that's a town you, job. Town like, job. Maybe Ed Kratz can explain it. Why is it important that people hit the like button, Ed Kratz? Uh, did you mention something about algorithm? Um, isn't isn't that one of the horses running in the Kentucky Derby next weekend? Uh, there we it go. Is not. That is a good I horse. I know name. all the horses in the Kentucky Derby. That's None a of good them horse were named name, algorithm. Though. That is a good horse name, though. And yeah. the more important uh, story today, uh, not Jordan Davis, not A.J. Brown. What time did the, the head hit the pillow for Ed Kratz <laughs> last night? Uh, it, was, it was probably close to 3 o'clock. Yeah, uh, probably another late one tonight. Although I think Howie did us a favor by trading away that hundred and first pick. Um, might get us out of there a touch earlier. No shot. He's got. You're not going to know if he's going to trade into yeah. the back end of the third I round. Know. I know. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But maybe and he did go. tell Andy Waddle. He said, "I'll get you back. I'll get you back." When he apologized to him, uh, obviously, you know. Did Andy Waddle say, show. Uh, "Don't don't pick it, Howie. Don't sweat it." Yeah, yeah, I'm heading to Pittsburgh next anyway. week anyway. I'm going to be with yeah, the Steelers. I'm in out the week. door. <laughs> Enjoy Jordan Davis. I'm out the door. Yeah, um, yeah. It's you know, it's interesting. I mean, what can he? What kind of moves can he make? Um, well, you have players. What, yeah. are, what are we going to see? Jalen Rager move. We're going to see Andre Dillard. Even Nate Herbig. I'll throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Now that he signed his tender, Eagles could trade him. This is an offensive line deficient league. We know that. Uh, could they trade some players to get some extra picks? Yeah, well, once you start dealing with trading 
offensive lineman, then you have to probably draft an offensive lineman with whatever pick you get. Um, you They're know, deep. I mean, They're deep. You have LaRaven Clark. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like I said, once you start tra- trading offensive linemen, you're going to have to replenish those. But I could see Jalen Rager. But what are you going to get for Rager realistically? And uh, uh, same with like uh, Andre Dillard. You probably can get a little bit of something for Andre Dillard. Um, but again, I don't I don't know how you get back these draft picks that you traded away yesterday. And I'm not saying it was the wrong move to trade away. What was it? No. Four, five picks, I think. Five they picks, took. yeah. Essentially five picks, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, listen, I thought they had a home run of a first round, in my opinion, and it required five picks to, to make that happen, and so be it. If you can get back into the draft with a couple more today and tomorrow, then that's even better yet. But, you know, you still have four or five, uh, four, four cracks at the uh, at the draft here in these next two days, and there's going to be some good players. And then it's supposed to be a pretty good undrafted free agent group, too. Um and they always seem to do, you know, find one or two guys in that territory that helped them. You know, Jack Stoll last year, TJ Edwards was one, Corey Clement was another, uh, you know, so they do pretty well in that scouting area of the undrafted guys. So, um, I, but I have no complaints with them parting ways with some of these picks. And we won't know about the undrafted group as you stated until. Uh, uh, Saturday, yeah, Saturday night, the names will start trickling in on Sunday. Um, and the reason why it will be a better group than it usually is, is COVID. They wow. gave guys extra years, so guys stuck around a little bit longer. They're going to be guys who are going to already be 23, 24 years old. So you're going to need to to at least give them a shot to come in and play because uh, they're, they're not as young as some of the other guys. Shoot. The Eagles will sign an undrafted free agent who's older than A.J. Brown. And, oh, by the way, A.J. Brown's already logged three years in the league. So it's a different kind of group. But I think you're right. There could be some gems in that undrafted uh, free agent group. A.J. Brown, how is he going to fit with the Eagles? We know the Eagles are going to throw the ball now. Uh, Everybody likes to say, well, we make our decisions on what the players are capable of doing on the field. Don't kid yourself. The kind of contract that they sign absolutely have an impact on how they are used and how you plan to use them. The Eagles will throw the ball more this year. How does A.J. Brown fit into that Nick Sirianni slash Jalen Hurts mix? Uh, very nicely, I would say. I, You know, I they are going to throw him the ball. And, um, you know, listen, now teams can't really kind of gang up on Devontae Smith. Uh, you know, say, okay, we got to just take Devontae out. And then what does he have? Quez Watkins, Dallas Goddard to an extent. But now you have to honor both sides of the field with Brown and Smith. Um, And Nick talked about it last night. You know, A.J. Brown is a very strong receiver. He's 6'1", 225 pounds, good play strength. He wins his one-on-one matchups. He's been highly productive his three years in the league. He's got 24 touchdown catches already. So, you know, he's going to be used all over the field between the 20s inside the red zone. And I think he's going to help Devontae Smith and he should make Jalen Hurts a better quarterback. Yeah, he should. Um, and that's going to be, uh, you know, one of the things, and I'm with you, Ed, I think the first round was a home run from the Eagles perspective. I started the show saying Eagles fans need to acknowledge to use Roman Reigns, uh, give my wrestling reference of the day for Jody McDonald. Uh, Howie Roseman is one of the better GMs in this league. 
Uh, but it does put some pressure on Jalen Hurts. I mean, now it's not about, hey, building around. Well, you got Devontae Smith, you got A.J. Brown, you got Dallas Goddard, you got Miles Sanders in the backfield. Go do it. Um, yeah. Any 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 negative thoughts from that uh, perceptive perspective? No, I, I don't think uh, – I mean, there should be pressure on Jalen Hurts. I mean, you just can't keep saying, oh, well, he didn't have enough receivers, he didn't have enough weapons, his offensive line didn't hold up. I mean, there, there can't be any excuses. You need to find out about him because one of the good things the Eagles did and Howie Roseman did was they, they didn't have to give up any draft capital next year, so they still have two first-round picks next year now. You know, it's funny they came into the first round this year in the offseason with three. three. They only used really technically one to one. take a player. Hey, and- Ed, remember how much we talked about they had, they came into this whole thing, Ed, with 15, 16, and 19. They didn't use any of those picks. They picked it. Uh, they didn't. We talked, who are they taking a 15, 16, 19 for weeks and yeah. weeks and weeks? They didn't take any of those picks. They took a pick at 13, and that's it. And they got AJ Brown and the first round pick next year. Yeah. And a second round pick in 2024. Yeah. I mean, this, this team is, is just beefed up with draft capital. And, and that's what I like too is, yeah, they gave up these picks, but it's not like, and how he said all draft picks aren't created equal. And he's right. You know, he didn't give up six first round picks here. He didn't give up any first round picks really. I mean, yeah, he did for AJ Brown, I guess you could say, but you know, for a 24, almost 25 year old receiver, that's had the kind of production, uh, he's not a projection like a Jamison Williams would have been or a Chris Olave or, you know, Drake London, any of these receivers in this draft. He is a proven commodity in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, it, it is funny that, you know, they had all this capital. And I think Howie did a great job, you know, getting yeah. players. I mean, Jordan Davis, to me, I mean, I, I don't understand some of the fans. They, they think they're experts in, in defensive line play from the University of Georgia or nose tackles. But I, I love this kid. He was the best defensive tackle in the draft and we can talk about him but um you know I really liked that Jordan Davis pick and he how he knew he and I asked Howie that last night was was he fearful that the Ravens were going to grab him at 14 and he said no not really um but he was I mean you know let's another Howie Roseman lie yeah. if yeah. he didn't think he was going to the Ravens yeah, at 14 yeah. and you just said at 15 and take him come on right. No, right. I, yeah. The Ravens would have snapped him up in a heartbeat. And listen, Baltimore's no slouch in the front office. If they like Jordan Davis, Jordan Davis can play. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right with the Georgia stuff because, you know, Georgia's a very unique situation. Uh, they had so much talent on the defensive line, the defense as a whole, really. They just rotated guys in and out. You know, the, the transfer for portal at the college level is key because you want to keep guys. They already lost their main Johnson. They know what that's like. Um, so they have all these kids they have to play. And the NFL is going to be a little bit different because the NFL, you don't have that advantage. We have so much better talent than your opponent. So he is going to have to play more. And one of the things I love about Jordan Davis is he got tired of people asking him, are you a just a two down player or, you know, can you play three downs? And that's why he got in this great shape, you know, 350 pound guy. He's running a four, seven, eight. He's got a tremendous vertical leap. He's, he's a unicorn from an athletic standpoint. That tells me 
that he understands what he needs to get better at, mainly conditioning. Uh, but when he's on the field, this guy's a difference maker, Ed. Yeah, it, his conditioning and his pass rush. You know, he needs to work on the pass rush moves too, right? I mean, he's not going to be some giant sack guy. I mean, defensive tackles just by nature aren't typically double-digit sackers. But, you know, he no. can collapse the pocket from the inside. Um, and really, you know, that's where quarterbacks hate to have their pressure is right in their face, right up the middle. And he he can collapse the middle and maybe make it a little bit easier for guys on the edge like, you know, Barnett, Graham, Sweat, who's ever out there, maybe somebody they add today or tomorrow. Um, you know, it's going to help them a little bit. And listen, and people talk about him being a two-down guy. Fletcher Cox, people forget Fletcher Cox when he was drafted. He only played 49% of the snaps. It wasn't like he came in and was – you know, playing 80% of the snaps. That didn't happen until the following year. But if I think Davis can be a 49, 50% snap player this season, just like Cox was. And Cox wasn't some big pass rush specialist at Mississippi State. He only had five his last year there, two and a half in his last, or I'm sorry, seven and a half in his last two seasons at Mississippi State. So, you know, he got better in that area. And I think that what they like about Davis is, yeah, obviously his explosion, but I think they like his passion for the game. Uh, and I think that's what's going to drive him to become a better player and reach that ceiling that the Eagles envisioned for him when they drafted him at 13. All right, Ed, I'm going to ask you to get your uh, Howie Roseman prediction uh, glasses on here. Okay. Um, crystal ball was the word I was looking for and couldn't come up with. Look yeah. at your Howie GM crystal ball. Okay. These players are available to the Eagles at 51 today. I do not think Booth, the cornerback from Clemson, will be there. I think he'll be off the board. The Eagles now, because of the two trades they had made yesterday, unless they're going to include a Dillard or a Rager, and I don't know how much value they have, along with a pick, I don't think they can move up in the third round. They're locked in at 51. These guys are on the board at 51. Kyler Gordon, second-best cornerback out of Washington, Roger McCreary got the SEC experience, and uh, I know some people that thought he was better than uh, where a lot of people have him ranked. They had him as like the fourth or fifth uh, cornerback rather than the eighth or the ninth. Um, and Jaquan Brisker from Penn State, two corners and a safety. For me, the best player is the Penn State kid at safety, but will the Eagles prioritize cornerback over safety if all three of those guys are on the board, which name of the Eagles calling out at 51? Well, I, I think if you look safety, um, they have the Tyran, the Tyran Matthew card in their back pocket, right? The, they could sign him on Sunday or Monday, if, you know, but they know, I think, that they still have Matthew in play, possibly. So I would probably lean toward the corner with that second pick and, you know, I'm not really in love with McCready. I don't think he's got that length. Um, a guy I really like, and I 51 would probably be too rich for him. Maybe 83 is this kid, Tariq Woolen from uh, UTEP. You know, he's a 6'4". He's got almost 34-inch long arms. Um, you know, he, he to me is probably, in my opinion, the best cornerback still on the board. Not named Andrew Booth. Like you said, Booth won't be there. Um, and I and I like Brisker an awful lot, but the Eagles could pull the trigger on a corner. Uh, and, and which corner would that be? McCready? Uh, 
I just don't know if that really gets me or maybe some others is that excited. Uh, I would love to see Tariq Willen maybe in the third round if he's there at 83. And maybe with this pick, you go for somebody that's not a cornerback. Maybe you go for, you know, Cam Jurgens, like, you know, the center from Nebraska. Maybe they, they love Cam Jurgens. They love yeah. Cam Jurgens, but they also yeah. like Lewis Seen, who went, you know, the last pick yeah. of the first round. They loved a lot of guys. But, you know, you could see maybe an edge rusher. Maybe they bring another defensive lineman in with this pick. Um, you know, maybe like a Nick Bontito from Oklahoma or Arnold Ekabidi from Penn State. Um, you know, maybe they go in that direction. But, boy, it's so hard to look at this team now and see that hole at cornerback opposite Darius Slay. And um, But, listen, they had that problem a few years ago, too. They didn't have a starting corner, and they ended up bringing in um, Ronald Darby in August. So and the problem last year and brought in Steve Nelson two days before. Camp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Last year we were all like, when are you getting a quarter? How we, when are you getting a corner? And he didn't get one till the fourth round. And we're like, Ugh. yeah. And, and we could, we could see that type of thing again. I mean, if they don't have a corner ranked as high on their board, just take the best player. And if it's, Jaquan Brisker and he's a safety and you had to ram Matthews out there. Well, okay. Then you don't have to pay Matthew the money because you have Brisker or if it's, uh, you know, an edge rusher or a Jurgens, if, if, if they just stay to their board and take the best ranked player, I can't imagine that it would be McCready as their top ranked player. If those options are available. Well, I'm going to ask you to keep the glasses on. So Jody gave you three players. I'm going to give you three players at, at, at 51. Uh, I, my early prediction very early prediction, subject to change, is that the corners are coming off right away. Andrew Booth, 33 to the Buccaneers. Kyler Gordon, 34 to Minnesota. Yeah. If that happens, you mentioned the kid from Texas, San Antonio. He's more of a third-round pick. Uh, Jody mentioned a uh, uh, little bit of McCreary. Uh, but I look at these players. I look – one already mentioned, Brisker – and Cam Jurgens, who we already mentioned, but I'm going to throw David Ojabo in the mix. Could the Eagles go if if David Ojabo falls to 51, coming off the torn Achilles? We know they had experience with this, but just because Sidney Jones plays it and he plays a different position and all that, and it didn't work out, and people point to that, well, guess what? Landon Dickerson had a longer injury resume than anybody in the history of college football, and he worked out. Uh, so they've been willing to take these kinds of, of gambles in the second round. Do you think they take the gamble with a player they probably would have considered at 15 uh, in this particular draft when everything started? Well, well, it's interesting. And Achilles, I don't think Landon Dickerson ever had an Achilles. No, but- he didn't. Yeah, one one thing the Eagles have seen up close with Achilles injuries is they've had players that have had them, you know, the most recently Brandon Graham. So they can kind of get a gauge on how that rehab has gone for him. Brandon Brooks had two Achilles, so they saw how that rehab went with him. Um, I, I could see a Jabo in play, but, boy, I, you know, I think you got to get somebody that can help you this year, to be honest. And Ojabo is not going to do that. I mean, he's a 2023 guy, but I think, you know, I know we all think this year now is kind of a, it's not a Super Bowl type season, but I think after what the Eagles did yesterday and getting AJ Brown, 
I mean, I, I think you have to recalibrate a little bit of the expectation for the Eagles this season. I, I think I'm not saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl, but I think they can really be a threat to win the NFC East, get a home game, and maybe win a couple games in the playoffs. And you never know. Yeah, we're um, ready. Wait, we're not ready. Has I'm turned into saying, we're ready in 24 hours, Jody. <laughs> AJ <laughs> Brown think, will do that to you, Johnny yeah. Mac. AJ Brown is. I mean, and now they have two really competent receivers. Yeah. So yeah, you know, yeah. maybe you recalibrate your you know, you're thinking a little bit as to, you know, what this team can be in 2022 and a job. is not going to help this team in 2022. So I wouldn't, I'd like to see them go out and get somebody that can help them, you know, immediately show up in training camp and, and, and threaten to get plenty of snaps once the season starts. By the way, you should be Howie's PR guy because right there should be the bullet point. We're not ready turned into we're ready in 24 hours because of Howie Rose. <laughs> well, not, I, I didn't say they're ready. I said this, you know, you could you could say, you know, we can now maybe make a little bit of a run in the playoffs here with A.J. Brown. I mean, hey, if you win a couple games in the playoffs, you're making a run, buddy. Yeah. You're making a well, run. Okay, well, then I guess the Eagles might be ready. I mean, that's you're right, Jody. That's what A.J. Brown does. I mean, that guy is one of the that best. For you. You know, and he's the fourth highest paid receiver now in the NFL. And you don't pay those guys that kind of money to say, okay, hey, we're going to wait till 2023. And, you know, we're, we're not going to really help out the team this year. Let, let's go get some help now. Let's get a, a player that can help this team in 2022 with this second round pick. All right. I got to pimp you a little bit, Ed. And while I'm at it, I'll pimp our buddy Rick Saratello, who was on with us yesterday. <laughs> we were uh, talking about this yesterday, Jody. Uh, yeah, Malik Willis to the Eagles. <laughs> Didn't happen, wasn't ever happening. Malik <laughs> Willis to nobody is what the first round of the draft ended up being. Don't know why you went there, Kratz. Don't know why Saratella went there. I'm telling you, the kid's a projection. There was no way he was going in the first round. He didn't. All right, now we're in the second round. The Eagles have needs. You're yeah. not you're not doubling down on us, are you, Kratz? That the Eagles are going to get in position to draft Malik Willis and if you were to take him at 18, 19, whatever pick you had the Eagles taking him off the board, what a now, steal that was he would be at, that wasn't at, at fifty-one. Yeah, no, I I was more a Sam Howe guy. Uh, you know, he was my quarterback uh, choice. Oh, you weren't Willis. I just remember you saying, uh, Eagles "Yeah, could that take was Rick." Rick. Round, but you I know, it was no funny. Jody, uh, we had Rick on our show in the morning, and then Rick did his show, and he had Ed on, and he mentioned us and how he's getting ripped in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he said he went on the Mac and Mac show earlier in the morning, and he got vilified for <laughs> suggesting that. And listen, I know Rick, you know, great guy, you know, but he is a little crazy. And, um, you know, I, so, you know, I thought that was a little over the top with Malik Willis. There was no chance for taking him. I mean, I feel bad for the kid. He's still sitting in the green room with Nicobe. Yeah, Dean. he was the one green room guy. Yeah, yeah. well, I think Nicobe Dean was another one. Oh, was he? Was Matt Corral is a green room guy. Yeah. I don't know why Matt Corral was there in the green room. I didn't see him going in the first I thought he round. might go 32, Matt Corral. Before Detroit traded right, up, the Lions traded yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, monster deal to get Williams. But that, no, Jody, they're not going to take Malik Willis at fifty-one. I've even come off the, you know, come out of the trees on Sam Howell at fifty-one. I'm afraid I don't, I don't see them taking a quarterback. Boy, and now with four picks left, I definitely don't see them taking a quarterback 
or a punter. Everybody loves Matareza. Yeah, that's out the, that's out the door, too. Yep, yeah. that's out the door. Now you have to be a little bit more lasered focused on, you know, some of the guys that are on your board that are better than these guys. You know what I mean? Like, they only got four picks. Had they had six like they were supposed to have or whatever that number, then maybe. Maybe they'd go with a quarterback or, or the punter. But that's not going to happen. No, it, it isn't going to happen. They do have to be more laser focused on to needs. Unless, and how he gave that little nudge to Andy Waddle, as I mentioned, and said, hey, I'll get you back. Is he going to get him back? Is he going to get more picks? And I mentioned the players, but, you know, how do you, how do you turn more? You're, you're just moving down, right? So can he move from 51 down to somewhere in the 60s, add some picks that way? Do you think we're going to see more movement from Howie Roseman? That's the one thing where... Rick was right, Rick Saratella, how he does some crazy stuff. And I joked to Jody, I should have realized this at the time. When I got to the Novacare complex yesterday, Ed, you were already there. I was getting situated in my cubicle. Around the corner comes Peter King, gives me the big hello. I'm like, what the heck is Peter doing here? Could be anywhere, right? And there's you know, the Giants had two picks in the top 10. The Jets had two picks in the top 10. The Packers, a Super Bowl contender, the Chiefs in the bottom of the round, they both had two picks. Um, he chose Philadelphia. I think he chose Philadelphia because he knew fireworks were coming. And that's Howie. So is he going to be moving all over the board again today in day two? Well, he's certainly going to try, and you're right. You know, you, you kind of – there was that buzz, Peter King, you know, a very reputable uh, uh, reporter, and, you know, NFL Network had their little stage set up outdoors on, on a frosty night. Um, you know, Sa uh, Sal Palantonio was there. I mean, there was a lot of uh, buzz just from the, you know, the firepower in the media house, if you will. So you, I you figured something was going to happen. And then when the Panthers didn't – uh, they didn't trade with the Panthers at six where there was a lot of buzz with that or the Giants at seven. You thought, well, man, you know, maybe nothing's going to happen. And then, bam, all of a sudden up to 13, A.J. Brown, here we come. So, I, yeah, I think Howie will uh, certainly try to move. But what, what do you, other than Rager and Doherty, maybe, like you said, Herbig, although I don't see that, um, what are you going to trade to get another pick or to move up? I mean, you almost are looking at this point, at next year's draft capital, you know, you, you might have to give up some picks next year and, you know, you're not going to do well, it. Well, I was thinking more of trade downs. So if you uh, trade down from 51 to say 60 and add some more, maybe another yeah. third round pick or something of that nature, just to get some picks populated because you do still have needs. You have, you need a corner, you need yeah. a safety, you need a backup tight end, you need a backup running back. You still need, yeah. bodies to fill these particular positions yeah that's certainly the case i mean that's not as exciting as moving up man i like hitting the gas i like keeping my foot <laughs> on the gas pedal and climb 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 go faster go up the board but you're right they could they could go back uh in in the you know one of these rounds you know 51 but, and 83 they could try to parlay that into another pick or two um wouldn't wouldn't surprise me but they didn't make their picks in the first round like we thought you know at those spots and they probably won't do that again today we're getting Jordan Davis in the facility today. I can't wait to meet this guy. I know you met him out in Atlantic City, right, John? And I, I didn't see him at the Combine. I wasn't uh, – I didn't go to his podium. But I can't wait to see 6'6", 350. He's a big dude. He's yeah. a big dude. 
First off the bus, as Nick said, it's going to be Jordan Davis and A.J. Brown. But by the way, that's a slug to Jordan Mylotta. I was going to say, what about the other Jordan, man? 6'8", 380. You know, you put those two guys first off the bus and – yeah, yeah, maybe in high school football that that scares teams, but nobody's going to be afraid of. Them. No, they're scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick's still in high school. I don't school. think the, the intimidation thing's going to work. I, no. I, uh, I hate to do this, but I'm going to end on a um, glass half empty note with you. Are you ready for more Derek Barnett playing about 45 percent of the snaps for the Philadelphia Eagles this year? Johnny Mac knows that was the one thing that scared me. When they re-signed Derek Barnett, not a fan. I know he came at a team-friendly price, but that's only compared to what some quote-unquote experts thought he was going to get on the open market. The open market spoke and said, yeah, you're a $4 million player, not an eight and or a multi-year contract type player. Uh, I'm not excited about seeing Derek Barnett play again this year for the Birds and I said, if they pass on one of those good defensive ends, will we give Howie Roseman a hard time for it? Jermaine Johnson was sitting there when they moved up to get Mr. Davis. Are you ready for another year of Derek Barnett jumping off sides, Eddie Kratz? <laughs> what, and hitting quarterbacks out of bounds or, you know, after they got rid of the ball? Uh, listen, I'm, I'm higher on Derek Barnett than probably most people are. I mean, I... 25-year-old player, uh, I think he's 25, but... I, Am I that excited? No, I'm not that excited. But, I mean, this guy can give you something. Uh, you know, he'll be in the rotation. It's not a very deep rotation. So, I, you know, again, I think they need to find somebody. But, you know, he's better than some guys in the league. I mean, it's he's frustrating. Yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm not down on Derek Barnett. I think he can still contribute. What did he, he only had two sacks last year. Very, very bad year for him. Um, but, you Two know, half, I think. Two and, and a half. half. Yeah, I, I shortchanged him there. Don't sure, yeah, don't shortchange him that. Yeah. Can, can he be any worse than that? I don't, boy, I don't think he can. I think he'll get more than that sack-wise this year. And well, and, and by the way, Jody put 45. I'm fine with 45. The concern if it is it's up at 60, 65. Then I, then I got a concern. Uh, if he comes down as a rotational player, 45, I think that's fine. I'll leave you here, Ed. Uh, follow Ed at, at Kratzy on Twitter, um, si.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. You can read all our draft coverage there. The NFC East, uh, Washington, oof, Dallas, oof, but the Giants eh, scare me a little bit. Now, you had two picks in the top 10, it should scare you, but they get Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. That's pretty good. Uh, we might not be able to overlook the Giants as much in, in the upcoming months. Yeah, I mean, obviously, big changes in the front office, new GM, new head coach. They actually had a plan. But, it, you know, it's awfully hard to screw up picks yeah, five and seven uh, in, in top ten. I mean, you, you don't almost have to be, you know, I don't know, uh, just, just a bad <laughs> – bad decision maker if you're going to screw those up. I mean, yeah, you you expected the Giants to make two good picks, and they rebuilt both sides of the line. Good for them. But, you know, you still have Daniel Jones as your quarterback. Let's see if Brian Dable can find a way to, you know, get something out of him. But, uh, you know, he still has the propensity to turn the ball over. So, yeah, the Giants got better, no doubt about it. 
Uh, but I, I think the Eagles got better too. And you know who else got better? The Jets. Jets. Yeah. I'm worried about that last preseason game, that season that preseason finale. The Eagles always play against uh, the Jets. You're not yet. Yeah, yeah, the, the preseason finale. Even you're not going to get to see I'm um, Head Gardner or 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 uh, uh, Garrett Wilson or Jermaine Johnson. They're not even going to play those guys. And I love I right? love Ahmed Gardner. I think he's the you know, the best player in this draft, um, you know, he, he's phenomenal. I think he's another Revis, Revis Island, right? Ooh. I mean, he's going to lock down that one side and the, boy, and, I don't um, think, the, I don't think Darrell Revis exist anymore in the modern NFL. I, that, I think they hamstring too many corners that you're not allowed to do anything. So yeah, I don't think tough. Darrell Revis can exist anymore. Yeah, well, I think Gardner's going to push for that that title. Uh, it would have been great for the Eagles to find a way, but Jody, I'm happy for you. You got the sauce, uh, and, and he's going to make the Jets better. The Jets had the best draft night. Eagles maybe second, Giants maybe third. Best draft night, night one, J-E-T-S. Not the Commanders, not the Cowboys. Oh, not the Commanders, <laughs> the Cowboys. And I will borrow from my buddy Jim Nance, a tradition like no other. Jets Eagles preseason finale doesn't yes. get me better than that. Can't wait! Uh, I already got it circled. Eddie Kratz, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for hopping on. Uh, I know McMullen will see you later in the day. It was good to see you here with us on Birds. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated, here with us on Birds three sixty five. All right, J Mac, J Mac, McMullen and McDonald coming back to put a bow on the show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Lincoln Financial Field is home to more than just our hometown team. It's a landing place for dreams. Invest in the future of our students from all over Philadelphia and get an exclusive tour of the stadium at the Blocks Aspire to Dreams Gala, hosted by Brian Taff of 6ABC. While we aspire to build, our students aspire to dream. Join us for the Blocks Gala on Thursday, May 5th at Lincoln Financial Field. Seats are limited, so reserve yours today at blocks.org slash gala. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. 
To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. It's been a fun one here today because Eagles made it fun for us. They had a good night, a big night in day one of the NFL draft, uh, securing both a veteran starting wide receiver, top 12, 15 wide receiver, not quite top 10. He's better than the back end of the second 10, so I'm not going to say top 20. Somewhere in that 12, 15 range is where um, A.J. Brown would fall. And they desperately needed him. We've been questioning the Eagles and their inability to land a veteran wide receiver. Uh, how, how he told us, have patience. Eh. The, the the roster building process goes all the yeah, way until the first week. Right. Of- he's right. And you he know, did. People got to give him credit. By the way, I want to give a quick shout out. I want to direct you here to uh, our buddy John Mashota. Uh, just tweeted out uh, a, a pretty funny video about Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Evidently, you know, he's getting questions about uh, the pick, Tyler Smith, who we talked about a little bit earlier. And he said the Cowboys ranked him higher on their board than Kenyon Green and, and Zion Johnson, who most people thought were better. And he he said, I'm dead serious. And he picked up a copy of the draft board and showed it to everybody. And Stephen Jones says, oh, don't show them that. Don't show them that. And tried to slam it down. So, uh the Cowboys are always fun too, but uh, people don't like to hear that there. But that's kind of fun. So, so, so Jerry took credit for this one because the other day he was palming off Taco Charlton on Steven. Yeah, but he yeah. was taking credit for it. it it's become a Jerry. it's become a comedy show down there, which it always is. It, it's always interesting. That's, but that's Jerry for you. He, uh, the Eagles got two significant players. I don't know. The Cowboys got a project. So if you look at the NFC East. Look, the Giants were in a position to do some damage. They did. You got to give them credit. But they almost had to do a good job if they stayed put. Not impressed with the Commanders. Not impressed with the Cowboys. Very impressed with uh, your Philadelphia Eagles. Hi, J-Mac. Yesterday, you nailed it. I asked you, give me one guy that you think the Eagles had two picks. They may use both. They may straight back it. No, they made one pick. And the one pick with Jordan Davis, and that was the name you gave me yesterday. Maybe hopefully thinking I went Garrett Wilson. I didn't know they were going to trade for A.J. Brown, so I thought they needed a wide receiver. Wilson was gone in the top ten, so they had no shot at him anyway. Um, But you hit the nail on the head. All right, they're sitting there at 51. Could trade up, not likely. Could trade down, more likely. Could stay put at 51. Uh, Coming into the draft a couple of weeks ago, they had – what were their three picks again? 
15, 16, 15, and 19 is and, where we started. And how many picks did they use at those slots? Zero. That would be zero since the only one they took was at number 13. So will they take someone at 51? We won't know till the draft rolls around, but I'm going to ask you, McMullen, what name will be called out first? Uh, I'm going to go, you know, I really want to go Cam Jurgens because they like him so much, but I think they have to be more targeted. And now we've gone, as Ed Kratz said, now we've gone from we're not ready to ready. So they got to fill some of those needs to to win right now. I'm going to go Jalen uh, Petrie, the safety from Baylor. Uh, but I do think it's probably more likely the Eagles trade down tonight than trade up. So I, I think if Jalen Petrie is there, I think he's going to be the pick. And I, I'm a Petrie guy. He's a guy who can play flexibility. He's uh, can play corner and or safety. Some of these guys that the Eagles have taken the last couple of years that have been, who can play both positions, turn out to really not be able to play either position. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with Petrie. I don't think he's going to be there. I don't think they're trading up, and I think he's gone before 51. That's uh, possible. I'll, I'll be 100% cool if he's the guy they call out. I'm going to take the guy that Kratz didn't like. I, I do like Roger McCreary from Auburn. Uh, one thing the Eagles have done over the last two drafts, they've acknowledged the SEC, which hasn't always been a Howie Roseman trade. He doesn't go in. He didn't go into the SEC as often as some other general managers did. Yesterday, they got two SEC players. Now, one of them had a couple of years in the league already, but he came out of the SEC. And, of course, uh, Jordan Davis, uh, this being at Georgia was an SEC guy. I think how he's appreciating the SEC, and I think he takes the Auburn cornerback, Roger McCreary. They certainly need a corner, so you know, nothing would surprise me. I'll add one more name. I gave you I gave you Jurgens, I gave you Petrie, it, it, and Petrie might be gone. You're right. So that's I'll, I'll give you also Nick Cross, the safety out of Maryland. They really need a safety. And maybe, you know, Ed brought up uh, the honey badger. Uh, maybe that's what they're thinking, but I do have, I do think they need to get more targeted now that uh, they've given up so many picks and now there's not, it's not as much room for luxury as there was if you didn't give up those picks. I'm hoping for uh, my, my number one pick would be uh, Brisker from Penn state. I think he's gone. I don't yeah, think, I don't he think he's going to be one. I'll, I'll settle for Petrie, your guy from Baylor. I don't think he's going to be there. That's why I end up with McCreary. But if I'm wrong about the safety and they get a Nick Cross or somehow Brisker falls down to him, I'm telling you, the guy I like is McCollum from uh, uh, Sam Houston. Sam Houston State. Uh, freakish, stone cold, freakish athlete who's going to take some breaking in. Yeah, we're going to have to see Zach Mack for a little bit at the start of next year out there uh, if. Uh, McCollum is not ready to go, but uh, he's the probably not day two, uh, second round. He's a third round guy. They're, they're not going to take him with a second round. So yeah, he, and like third said, round. If he goes in the second, third round, McCollum would be uh, a potential home run pick. I'm going the same way with you in the third round with a smaller school guy. And Ed mentioned him as well, Tariq Woolen. You know, I've been on him for the past couple uh, days. Uh, Really long corner. The Eagles love length at corner uh, from Texas, San Antonio. 
but he would be more of a, a third pick. So I think if they right. get targeted in the secondary and he can get a safety, whether it's Petrie, whether it's Cross, and then go corner in the third round, get a big lengthy guy like Woolen, I think uh, that would make a lot of sense. You and Eddie Kratz are on Woolen. I'm a McMullen guy, uh, McCollum guy. I think they're probably going to be uh, taken off the board in similar places in the third round. We'll have to see if the Eagles uh, are the landing spot for either of those two. All right, partner, I say we do this again tomorrow. Oh, we got lots to, to bring to the table Not tomorrow. tomorrow. Tomorrow's Saturday. Yeah, oh. we should. Yeah, we don't have, I'm with you. I don't even know what day it is. And, I'm out uh, of it. I'm, Shame I don't, on me. I don't, I don't, I don't, neither of us got much sleep, so we don't know what day it is, and that's, that's, you, that's when you know it's NFL draft time. You don't even know what day it is. We will be back Monday. So when I go two and two, usually that's for 22 hours. It's two days. We'll be back in two days. See you on Monday, partner. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.